This is Her Self-Expression with Beverly Price, a podcast dedicated to women who seek self-empowerment. Like many women, Beverly suffered with low self-esteem, and now she is on the other side and is ready to share her knowledge with you. In this podcast, we interview inspirational women every week who share action-oriented tips to boost self-image and self-confidence. If you'd like to move from self-loathing to self-love, as Beverly did, stay tuned for today's episode that is sure to help you take on the world. And now, here's Beverly. Enjoy the show. Hi, beautiful. I hope you're having an awesome day. I'm Beverly Price, and I'm the host of the Her Self-Expression podcast. Most women struggle with their self-image, self-doubt, and self-confidence. Her Self-Expression provides knowledge, support, and insight to help women on this journey to self-empowerment on the inside and out so they can confidently take on the world. Today, I have these questions for you to think about. What is your personal brand? How can you make sure it's carrying the message you want it to? So today, my guest is Rosie Chong. She's going to speak with me about branding for empowerment. Rosie is a social media and strategy specialist She's a social media strategist by day and a content creator by night. She has worked in the digital marketing and advertising world for the last four plus years, developing a passion for all things social media and content. In the last 18 months, she has been on a content creation journey fueled by a passion to inspire others to do the same building a combined social media following of 36,000 people. Oh, my word. On LinkedIn, building a community of almost 28,000 people, she champions authenticity in content and exemplifies how anyone can build a personal brand regardless of their industry. She is an advocate for mental health, women's rights, and bringing a voice to those who might not have been heard before. If you want to feel empowered, ready to brand your way to empowerment, and are excited about your potential, listen to our conversation. Hi, Rosie. Thank you so much for being my guest today. It's so good to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Beverly. I'm so, so excited to be here, and I can't wait to chat a little bit more, and hopefully some of the listeners can get a lot out of our conversation. I'm sure they will. Can you tell me and the audience a little bit about yourself and your personal journey to empowerment? Yeah, for sure. So I think my my journey probably started back in high school when I felt really lost on what I wanted to do. And I knew I had always wanted to do something more, have an impact and inspire someone. I wanted to be able to have a voice or a platform. And a lot of that started growing up as an Asian in a school that was mostly Caucasian people and being an Asian woman, you know, just a child was different. I was bullied. I was picked on. And I always sort of looked up and I looked at media, especially in Australia, and there just weren't very many people that looked like me or sounded like me. And I thought, okay, I want to be able to do something with that. And so I think that's sort of what, that's always been very deep-seated inside of me and sort of became ignited when I discovered this root of marketing and media and advertising and a world that really excited me and this idea of how brands communicate with people or how 
an influencer or a creator could have a voice in how they can build a community. And I guess that's sort of where my journey started. I mean, you've already touched a little bit in the intro about what I do day to day as a social media strategist and as a content creator. And I think in the last sort of in the last sort of two years or so when I've been doing content creation, I've really sort of been able to ignite and fuel that passion of, hey, I want to help someone else. I don't want another little girl to feel like I did when I was six and be bullied and be an outlier and yes. be picked on. And that's my biggest sort of driving passion and I think is always been part of my life and I almost felt ashamed of my heritage growing up. I didn't want to associate being Asian. I didn't want to associate with my culture. I just wanted to be a white everyday Australian like my friends were, just everyday people. And I realise now that I, I almost regret that because I love my culture so much. I'm very proud to be Malaysian and South African and I'm very proud to where my parents have come from and that upbringing. But I guess that's a lot of where my journey is centred and a lot of where I find that energy to empower others or to inspire others and I guess what drives my long-term goals with where I want to go, wherever, whatever career that is or what I'm doing on the side with content or speaking or leading others or coaching or whatever it is. The one thing I've heard is the connection between bullying, which I was too when I was younger, and social media. That social media has created this platform that allows more bullying than would otherwise be the case. What are your thoughts on that? I could not agree more. I think the rise of the internet has basically allowed people to have an easier route to bully people to hide behind a avatar or be anonymous or just be a keyboard warrior and not have as many consequences. When you think about bullying in person, there's a lot more at stake essentially when you're face-to-face with someone, it can get physical or even just a lot more pressure, I guess, when it's in person. Hopefully it doesn't happen as much. I know bullying is still very prevalent, which is awful, but I think with social media and with being online, it just is such an easy avenue for so many people to just in three seconds leave a hateful comment, leave a mean comment, and then they get to carry on with their day and there's a lot less at stake. And it's sad how easy it is for so many awful people to be bullying others or for those people who are on the reciprocal end being bullied. It's just horrendous. Yeah, I kind of think of those people as cowards that they're afraid. They wouldn't definitely wouldn't say it to your face. No. So they can hide behind, you know, the computer. Yeah. But to go back to kind of the topic we initially talked about, (laughs) what would you, how would you describe what a personal brand is? So there's a hundred different definitions you can find online or in a dictionary. To me, personal branding is the intentional effort that someone is putting in to present themselves. And it's an accumulation of their content, their experience, awards, anything else in between. It doesn't have to be just those things, but it's very much the effort someone's putting in to write the narrative or have the control over the narrative of, hey, I want to be known for this, or I want to be associated with that. And that's essentially what a personal brand is. It's how someone else views you as that person or what you become associated with or what you stand for. For example, it could be Jeff Bezos. Most people associate him with being a CEO, the founder of Amazon, and a businessman. That could be his personal brand. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Well, so I'm going to go out on a limb now and ask you, do I have a personal brand? A hundred percent. I think the 
the biggest thing for me is that a lot of people haven't realized that they've started building a personal brand and a lot of it comes from content. doesn't mean that you have to be a content creator, you have to be putting content out, but it is a very strong synergy between the two. So because you have content, because you have a platform on LinkedIn, because you have a podcast and you have a company, you've already started building a personal brand, whether or not you've done it intentionally or not, which is really awesome. Should all the pieces work together? Oh, definitely. I, okay. I think what I... I've struggled with is that I create content on a few different platforms and they're not necessarily the same topic, but the biggest thing that I think works for a really powerful personal brand is just being sure that there's a synergy between it all or something that ties it all together. And that could be the way that you use your voice. It could be a tone of voice. It could be the kind of imagery or the visuals that you are sharing. And it could even be the content pillars or the topics that you talk about. There's someone who's, um, quite prominent in my eyes as a really strong personal brand called Ellie Middleton and she's a ADHD and autism advocate started on LinkedIn and now she's sort of across Instagram and TikTok and she talks about ADHD and autism sort of and in the workplace on all three of her channels. She's very consistent with her fonts, her colours, the way that she shows up, the language that she uses and I think the most impactful, powerful and powerful personal brands are the ones that do tie all together in some way. If it's really disconnected, it's really hard for an audience person or a viewer, whoever, to really sort of draw those connections easily. And at the end of the day, that's what you want. You want to make it as easy as possible for whoever is viewing or reading your content. So do you do social media for other people other than yourself? At the moment, yes and no. So in my nine to five, I work on clients and I help do their branding social media strategies. That's very traditional in the sense of a brand having a presence and content on Instagram or Facebook. And that's, you know, McDonald's or it's Nike, Starbucks, things like that. When it's outside of that, I've been helping people out from a like coaching and mentoring perspective very much with LinkedIn and personal branding. So not as much in the traditional sense of being their social media manager or being their content writer or their copywriter, but I think just giving them the skills and the arsenal that they need to be able to go out and actually have the confidence to create content or actually understand how do I make my personal brand unique? How do I grow a following? A lot of people a lot of people that I talk to, I think, already have the skills and the knowledge and the passion when it comes to building a brand. They just don't know how to do it. They don't know how to start or they don't know how to keep going and they're in a bit of a rut. So that's where I come in and help out where I can. One of the things I hate to do is write. I'm just, I don't know why <laughs> I like to talk. I don't like to write. So what can I do in terms of establishing or maintaining a personal brand if I hate to write? My biggest thing would be going down a video sort of route. So you don't have to, okay. there are some people who build a presence all about writing a blog or really long form articles, or, you know, they're going down the route of becoming a journalist and, you know, literally doing writing for a living. But for someone that doesn't want to write, you don't want to copy, you can't be bothered and you much prefer expressing yourself in a vocal or visual manner, do the podcast like you are, or you could do mm -hmm. a video route that could be YouTube or TikTok or sharing purely just video on LinkedIn or even on Instagram. I guess the, the benefit to me is working in social media is that there's I can see that there's potential for video on pretty much every social media platform. So even though traditionally LinkedIn's probably more, I guess people think of it more as a text platform and obviously traditionally a CV sort of job hunting professional platform, but there's so many different avenues to be able to film a video and just upload that. 
you don't even have to put a long copy with it or a long caption with it. And that means that you can still have that access to be able to build a brand without it necessarily needing to be writing long essays or wordy posts or something that you don't find joy in. Yeah. I think of, when I think of branding, I think of somebody like Kim Kardashian or the Kardashian family that's created this this something around the whole family and then each of them have their own brand too. Is that what what branding is about? Is there a Kardashian brand? Most definitely. I think the Kardashians as a clan, as a whole world, has very much made themselves synonymous with success, with privilege, with money, with wealth. And that's sort of what, as a family, their personal brand has been attributed to and built and a lot of that can be built from their social media presence it can be from the tv show a lot of those have been avenues to essentially for them to help control that narrative when it comes to all of their different brands such as kylie she's got kylie cosmetics or kendall has 818 tequila that is more a traditional branding as opposed to necessarily pure personal branding i mean you think of a brand most people will think of a clothing brand or a food chain that's very traditional it's a brand right. it's a company and so they each have sort of have gone down their own routes but it's in Maya's very intentional that t- Kendall is known for sort of being fun and outgoing and having an alcohol brand sort of lends itself to that so it's a direct representation of her personal brand I think a very smart gotcha. strategic branding choice but there's there's so many different things to branding. But, yeah, I think all of the routes that they've gone down, you know, Kylie, Kylie Cosmetics and Kylie Swim, that's very much the lifestyle that she wants to be known for, what she goes out and does. And, you know, there's lots of different differences between how Kim shows up versus how Kylie shows up versus Kendall. And they're all sort of known for different things. But what's really powerful about that and power to Kris Jenner is basically she's made this entire world or bubble that starts with the Kardashians' Jenners as a whole and it's really intriguing. So, yeah, a great example of personal branding and branding in general. Yeah, so when I think of personal branding, I'm thinking I can easily see the connection between branding and an entrepreneur. You know, I've started my business. But let's say I'm a woman who works for somebody else. I'm a corporate executive. Personal branding, does it mean anything to me? Yeah, so I actually work a nine-to-five. I work as an employee under someone else, but I still have a very strong personal brand, something I'm very passionate about. When I started building a personal brand, I was using it as a means to get clients, get leads. And that is something that can work for people that you could be a founder or an entrepreneur or you could work for someone else. So that's one avenue where I think it's really important where you're doing it essentially as part of your job and as part of what you need to do as your nine to five. Another avenue is perhaps you want to be able to inspire someone else, but it doesn't mean you have to be a founder or an entrepreneur. It doesn't matter if you're a uni student or a corporate executive or working under someone else. You can still build a brand that doesn't necessarily have an end goal of getting clients or getting leads. It could just be getting more experience and exposing yourself. It could be a way to also maybe change jobs. I know some people want to completely pivot careers and positioning yourself on LinkedIn or in a podcast in a certain area that you want to move into is a really great way to build up a portfolio without necessarily having to go out to do an internship or not having the experience when it comes to looking and applying for jobs. So it's so important to, it doesn't matter where you are, you could be a high school student, you could be an executive, you could be a founder. 
Personal branding means something different to everyone else. It just depends on what your end goal is and how you portray yourself in doing so. Because I I bet now, now it wasn't the case way back when I was coming up, but now I bet most employers that are recruiting not only look at a resume, but turn to the individual's social media to get most a feeling definitely. for who they are. And if you're real inconsistent or if you're a wild and crazy party animal <laughs> and you're going for this stoic banking job, you know, you might want to think twice about what you put on your on your pages. Yeah, and I think that's always, it's always something I'm on the fence about because I think places that discriminate based on someone's hobbies or passions or life outside of their nine to five, I think is a little bit old school, but I also agree to an extent that if they're, you know, on their Instagram, they're showing that they're snorting lines or something that's an illicit sub substance probably not yeah. necessarily the best synergy for a corporate value <laughs> yes. or an office place i totally get that but yeah. yeah that's the that's the world that we live in is that most employers in this day and age are probably going to check out your linkedin if your instagram's on public they can see that if your tiktok's on public yeah. they can see that and i think it's fair game that whatever you put on the internet anyone else can see and that could be your parents or an employer or a potential partner i think that's the challenge with the internet is that everything is just everything's just there yeah now i think of i think of linkedin as the quote business social media and mm -hmm. then i think of tiktok and instagram as being for a younger market and facebook being for an older market does that sound is that crazy or no, that's pretty that's pretty on on par to be honest. So, I mean, there's always gonna be a portion of each age group, whether it's your teenagers eighteen to sort of early twenties or your millennials mid twenties, early thirties, or older, like Gen X or baby boomers. There's always gonna be a percentage on each platform. TikTok and Instagram definitely do cater towards that Gen Z millennial, younger people. Facebook does tend to skew more towards an older demographic and LinkedIn does definitely skew towards a professional audience, but I think what's fascinating about LinkedIn is that it still has quite a broad target audience. I think their core audience is like 20 to 45, which is spanning at several different age groups. But yeah, pretty much pretty much correct on the on the nose of that one with the, the different sort of, I guess, key demographics or the key users per platform. Yeah, I've also noticed some business people on LinkedIn now posting more personal pictures like they would have on Facebook. Is that a trend? I think it's just part of the change. I think it's almost okay. a changing of the guards with LinkedIn. And I guess you could call it a trend because there are a lot of people that are starting to open up and be more personal because it's one, I think, being more accepted by people. I think about a, a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, it was a little bit cringy. People were like, what are you doing? And I still get comments right. of, this is in Facebook. But at the end of the day, yeah. things are changing. The definition of professional is changing and LinkedIn's becoming more of a content social media platform and not just a place where you can apply for jobs and put your work experience. So it's as much a trend as I also think it's here to stay for a bit, much like Facebook went through a phase of people sharing statuses and then it became company meme pages. And now it's definitely a lot more sort of funny videos and advertising. Same with Instagram. Gotcha. It started with sharing static images. It's now almost like a shopping e-commerce platform. Things evolve gotcha. with platforms. And I think that's just what LinkedIn's going through now. Gotcha. So if, if we're talking about personal branding, and then, of course, my mission 
is women on a journey to empowerment. How can you use branding to empower yourself? Well, it's, there's so many different avenues you can go down. For, for me, it's empowering myself to be able to get to my end goal. So for me, I want to be someone that's invited to be a keynote speaker. I want to be an inspiration to younger generations. And so I'm, instead of waiting for someone to give it to me, I'm empowering myself through taking the reins and creating content, creating my own voice, creating my own opportunities. So that's one one really great way to be able to use content or personal branding to empower yourself. It can also be a way to, it can almost be therapeutic in a way. I share a lot of personal things such as mental health as we touched on, as you touched on right at the start. And it can be a way to heal yourself or as a way to feel better or find peace or as an outlet. Some people speak to a therapist, some people journal, some people write everything down and it never sees the day of light. I sometimes use LinkedIn as a way to say, hey, this is my experience, this is what I learned and I can help someone else. So it's not only empowering and strengthening yourself, but it can then also empower a community and it can empower others as well. I think what what the biggest sort of synergy between them is or the biggest relationship between them both is you are in control and you get to say what is posted you get to control the narrative of how it's written or the video that gets posted and that is I think the biggest thing you get to take the reins and say hey I want to start my business so I'm going to start posting content or I want to move into tech from advertising I'm going to start learning and documenting my journey or connecting with thought leaders and other people in the Mm -hmm. industry it's that's the most powerful thing that goes not just on LinkedIn, but beyond social media. It goes into any sort of form where you get to be in charge of what you're sharing and speaking about. Gotcha. So if, if we kind of step back and then sum up a little bit, if, if women now want to seriously consider personal branding, whether it's professional or solely personal or a combination of the two, what three steps, what three things can they do to help themselves with branding for empowerment? I think the first one is understanding your why or your purpose. What What is your end goal? What do you want to be doing? That is the biggest thing. What do you want to be known for? And that can be as simple as I want to change careers. So I want to start upskilling and being seen for that. It could be, oh, I want to become a founder. So you could be going down that road. So firstly, identifying what is your big driving factor? What is your big goal? And in my opinion, it can't just be as fickle as, oh, I want 10,000 followers. You need to have something that can really drive you and this is sustainable. The second one I think is being a lurker essentially, or just being a learner. And that is in the sense of, cool, some people are going to have the confidence and skill set to be able to start posting. Amazing. I love that. But I know a lot of people struggle with that confidence or they're a little bit nervous or they don't know where to start. Maybe they don't know how to film a video or they don't know how to write a long post, whatever it is. Sit and learn for a bit. And this could be reading books and what you want to be posting about. It could be connecting with other content creators on the platform. It could be listening to a podcast. It could even be going to a seminar or a workshop. I think digesting that and being inspired and learning from other people and seeing what's working or seeing where there's a gap or where you could have your unique point of view and seeing that and then starting to think, okay, I've got my ideas. That's probably the second step. And the third one I think is just stop doubting yourself and start. A lot of people talk about wanting to build a following, wanting to build a personal brand or wanting to change careers. 
but then they never do it. They're always coulda, shoulda, woulda. They're always jealous of other people or just wishing that they had done something. Just start. There is never going to be a perfect time or a right time. You're never going to have the perfect microphone or the perfect first post. Maybe it's not even the perfect photo. If you just start and you just push that self-doubt aside, which is easy said than done, just do it. Whatever it is, whether it's a LinkedIn post or you want to start a book or you want to start a company, just make that first step and then it just gets easier from there. So I think it's just taking away that fear or having someone that can hold you accountable and just saying like, yeah, I back myself because at the end of the day, there's no one else in the world that knows you better than yourself. You have to back yourself first for others to believe in you. So you got to be able to have that confidence or just have that conversation with yourself and say, cool, I'm going to mute the little voice in my head of self-doubt and just do it. Just give it a try because otherwise you will always be wishing what if or coulda, shoulda, woulda. Yeah. I like to always say that if I want to be something, let's say in this particular case, I want to establish a personal brand, but I'm too nervous to start. What I like to do is say, what would a woman who established her personal brand look like? And then act like that over and over and over again till I actually feel that way. I love and that. And that's, that's one of the things that I really think it's, it's essentially the act as if kind of mantra. Mm. But somehow it takes some of the fear out for me because I know that I'm just... I'm following somebody else who's done it before. And then as I get more comfortable, I can put more of my own twists and turns and things like that on it. Definitely. Yeah. So how do you think personal branding impacts a woman's journey from self-expression to self-confidence? I think a lot of people find who they are and find a lot more of themselves through building a personal brand, they learn more about who they are, who they aren't, what their voice is, what their voice isn't, what they're passionate about, and maybe their end goal will change. And I think it can help them build from this idea of just expressing themselves in person or in the workplace to being so much more confident in themselves or in who they are or what they want to be doing. And it can help a lot of women just really feel like they don't have to listen to someone else. And they, sure, like I I have a boss, I'm still an employee and I love that but I'm 100% in charge of my own personal brand and I feel so much more confident to have an opinion. I feel so much more confident knowing that I can impact someone else's life or that I can reach my goal. And I think I was filled with self-doubt when I first started. I didn't think I'd ever be able to inspire someone or have a following or be a mentor or a coach. But for me, it's gone from this pipe dream to a reality. And I've done that through personal branding, through experience, through connecting with mentors, through connecting with people that have given me incredible opportunities that I never would have had if I hadn't started building a personal brand. I think the biggest thing I've learned from building a personal brand, and in my case, it's mostly LinkedIn, is that not everyone's going to hand you life on a silver platter. People aren't going to come to you if you're not putting stuff out into the universe or putting content out. So you can't just wait for someone to give it to you. Sure, there are some people that are very lucky and have everything just planned out for them and their whole life is sorted. Amazing. For most people, that's not the reality. It's so not true. It's yeah. not true. So <laughs> building a personal brand can be such a powerful vessel to be able to help you actually achieve that dream. It's exactly like you were saying, Beverly, is that if you want to be a powerful, successful business lady, then start acting like one, start doing it because no one's going to give you that chance probably because it's going to go to someone else that's putting in the effort. You have to try. Yes. You can't just 
expect that everyone's going to give it to you because that's just like it's just not how it works. So take control of it and get going. Yeah, that's so true. One of the statistics that I've seen recently says that four out of every five working women feel less than other women. They feel small. They feel inadequate. And so in terms of women in general, what do we do, we meaning you, me, the audience, do to help women who have self-doubt move from self-doubt to self-love? Oh, it's such a hard one. It's something that I still struggle with. There are very, there are days, weeks that I'm just uh, imposter syndrome creeps in or I yeah. just feel, why am I here? Why do people follow me? And I think what what I've learned is finding a circle of support that's kind of gets it. So I have my main support circle, my partner, yeah. my friends and my family, but they're not people that are posted on LinkedIn. So I, I had to start turning to people that really understood what I was going through and it could give me really specific confidence, advice, support when I needed it that went beyond just a, oh, I'm so sorry that you've had a hard day, which I get from my friends and my family, but I needed something that was very much specific to personal branding or LinkedIn or being bullied online or whatever it was. Right. And it was basically putting out in a way that almost attracted the same sort of people to me. So I was putting out that I was being positive. I was leaving messages supporting others, which I then started seeing would come back to me. So I think the way to be able to go from that self-doubt to that confidence and to be able to get support from others and to no longer feel inadequate or compare ourselves to others is finding a group of people that are very genuine, very trustworthy, and you can really be comfortable with and connect with. And they can very much just empathize and sympathize of, hey, I've also been bullied on LinkedIn. And I can say, oh, me too. I really get it. But my boyfriend has never been bullied on LinkedIn because he doesn't post on social media. As much as he can empathize of, oh, that that's really awful. He hasn't been through it. And I think that's something yes. that you can connect with on such a deeper level with other women that have. And then I think at yep. the end of the day, just stop tolerating people that are putting you down. I've had my run of bad managers or toxic women in my life who are just always being patronizing or comparing yourself or making you feel worse about yourself. Very much like you have control of your own personal branding, you also have control of the people that you can get rid of in your life. You can change yes. jobs. You can stop talking to someone. You can block someone online. So it's not no longer being scared of the, but what if, or having that people please right. mindset and just thinking, you know what? It's not serving me mentally or physically or spiritually or whatever in what capacity it's not serving you. It's just not worth the energy. Just cut them out, have that conversation or just block them, whatever you need to do for yourself. And then just... Yeah really, really put the energy and prioritize that circle of people that you know will 100% have you back. Yeah, I think that what I've seen statistically is that as women get older, our confidence increases, but some of the biggest gaps or lacks of confidence are women in their 20s and 30s. Mm. So my thought is it's probably harder for them to say no, to say, I don't want these friends in my life. I don't you know, I don't know what to do about bullying. Do you have any advice for those younger women? I think the, the first one is just acknowledging you're not alone. I've gone through all of that. I mean, I'm still in my 20s. I'm still working through things. I'm still sort of saying, oh, do, do I still want to be friends with this person? Or how do I navigate, you know, if I have a bad boss or if I have work right. troubles or whatever it is? 
it's pretty normal. You're not alone and that's okay. I think in terms of then navigating that and sometimes you just have to ride the wave. I've very much gone through awful friendship breakups or toxic bosses or whatever and it, I think the biggest regret is holding on to the, oh, but, but what if it gets better or making a list of excuses. And so I think don't be scared to speak up. Don't be scared to challenge someone. But it's easier said than done. So I think starting on a small scale, so it could be starting by talking to your best friend going, hey, I'm really struggling with this boss at work. Do you have any advice? Or speaking to a therapist, speaking to a partner or your your work bestie. Find one or two people or a handful of people that you can sort of start sharing and acknowledging what's going on. You can almost get that sense of yeah. validity that you're not making it up. It's not in just in your head. Most cases are that women really doubt themselves or they doubt whatever's going on. They make excuses because they just want to fit in. They don't want to cause controversy or anything. So just know that you're not alone. Know that there are people that you can trust. And then when you, it does feel like you need to take action. It could be changing jobs. It could be cutting out a friend. You just need to understand that the uncomfortable conversation is only going to last so long and that the impact after where you get to enjoy life without that toxicity or without that negativity is going to far outweigh the awkward conversation. And it's going to happen. Awkward conversations are hard or challenging conversations are hard. But just think yeah. about what's coming next. I know it can be really yes. hard and I've I've gone through this of just being stuck in this overwhelming state of I can't have this call. I can't I can't quit my job. Oh, I can't I can't face them to right. you know, have a friendship breakup. But just think about how much happier you're going to be if that person's out of yeah. your life or if you change yeah. your situation. Yep. I so agree. So Rosie, how can our listeners find you? So definitely LinkedIn. That's probably the easiest way. Just Rosie Chong on LinkedIn. And then I'm also on TikTok and Instagram as well. Rosie Chong, just as one username, same on both platforms. And if you're looking for another podcast to listen to after all of Beverly's episodes, because they are incredible, <laughs> I'm, you can find me on Spotify or Apple Podcasts at It's a Definite Maybe as well. It's a Definite Maybe is your podcast. Yeah. Great. So ladies out there, to get to where Rosie describes, we need desire, courage, and knowledge. I believe that we need both outside and inside growth to create that holistic solution to increasing confidence and empowerment for women. Thank you for being with Rosie and me on this episode of Her Self-Expression. I love connecting you with exceptional women that can provide actionable steps for you to take to move forward toward empowerment. You can find our podcast wherever you listen on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, and more. Please subscribe and share to the episodes. The more we can share and reach other women, the more we can help improve their situation and reduce the time it takes to learn what I have about the journey. I don't want any other women to have to take as long as I have to learn and feel empowered. Your path to self-empowerment is unique to you. Every challenge or hurdle will teach you something about yourself and make you stronger, moving you from self-expression to confidence and self-empowerment. The more you express yourself, the better you feel. Self-expression doesn't have to be a mystery. It's your key to confidence and self-empowerment, both on the inside and out. But most importantly, remember that you don't have to do it alone. I'm here to help. Thank you and take care. Thank you for listening to the Her Self-Expression podcast today. 
To listen to past episodes, visit www.herselfexpression.com. Once there, you're going to want to take our quiz to see where you stand right now on your journey to self-expression. If you have any questions or would like to share your thoughts with Beverly and other like-minded women, join our Facebook group, The Her Self-Expression Sisterhood. Invite your friends too. When you download and subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or other podcast services, be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends to download it too so we can continue to help others. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. And remember, self-expression doesn't have to be a mystery. It's your key to confidence and self-empowerment both inside and out. But most importantly, remember that you don't have to do it alone. Visit www.herselfexpression.com and join us today.